All right, welcome back to Ducks and Pucks. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And this week we have a uh, special show for you. We're going to talk about the entire Ducks team, uh, look back at how they did last year. And Eddie and I are going to go through each player and talk about what we think that they're going to do and produce next year uh, on the offense. And we're going to also look at the defense. And uh, later in the show, we're going to talk about the playoffs and how we think that they're going to pan out next year with the uh, first-round matchups all the way down to the finals. But uh, first up, we're going to talk about the top line on the Ducks. Eddie, what do you think, uh, looking at Perry, Getzloff, and Heatley, uh, how they did last year, and uh, if they play together on the first line like uh, Boudreaux talked about, what do you think they uh, could produce this year? Uh, I think it will be similar to last year. It could be better, barring injury. Uh I, I had gets left down for from eight anywhere between eighty to a hundred. Um, eighty on a on a really low end if he struggles or you know misses more than the four games he missed last year. Uh, but I can see him reaching a hundred. Um, you know he, he's got he's gonna have Perry and possibly Healy on his line for most of the season. So uh, those aren't two bad guys to have on your line if you're trying to reach a hundred. Um, as for Perry, I had him. Uh, 80 to 90. He had uh, 82 and 81 games last year. Um, and if you know if Gaslov has a 100 point season, that reflects on Perry's points. Uh, I don't see him getting a ton of assists. You know, maybe close to the same he did last year with 39, 40 around there. But I, I could see him pushing for 40 goals again. Uh, you know, if we if we predict that Gaslov has a 100 point season, Perry could easily reach 50 goals. And then uh, for our, for the last guy on our top line, we had Heatley. Um, I had him anywhere between 35 to 50, you know, because we're still kind of skeptical of how he's, how well he's going to produce. 35 on a low end, I think that's safe to say. Uh, off of, if he plays most of the time for a second line, um, and maybe gets dropped to third line, he gets lower than 35. But if he can stay on that first line, I think he can get 50. Um, maybe pushing it if he gets anywhere higher, but yeah, 50 would be a, a pretty good mark for me. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you on all those numbers. I think, um, like you said, with Perry, you know, he had 43 goals last year. So I, I think he can push close to 50 this year uh, for sure. And, and like you mentioned, I, you know, he's not going to have as many assists. Um, I think Getzloff is going to get uh, probably a, a boost in assists this year, especially if Heatley plays on that first line and he plays there most of the season. Uh, you know, Getzloff had 56 assists last year. I could see him easily getting 60 to 70 assists this season. Um, and with Heatley, you know, that's the wild card, uh, as you mentioned. You know, he had 12 goals last year. Uh, we've mentioned this on the podcast before. Uh, I can see him, you know, pushing 20 goals. Um, and I think if we are able to get 20 out of him, I think most of the fans will be happy with that. Um, if he if he gets 25 or 30, I mean, I think we that'd be even you know extra for us. So uh, I agree with you. I have him uh, coming out with probably you know 40 50 points uh, at the end of the season if he plays the entire time on the top line. You know, as we mentioned before, we don't know um, how it's going to pan out with uh, Boudreaux liking to mix up the lines throughout the uh, season. So, but that'll be our top line, and, and that's what we've got as our predictions for the points. Um, the second line uh, that Boudreaux talked about in the interview that we posted a few weeks ago, uh, he had Kessler joining the team and centering the second line along with Silverberg and Cogliano on the wings. And uh, what do you think about this line, Eddie, in terms of goals and points? Um, it's it's going to be interesting to watch this line and uh, and see how they you know they can do it. Kessler's new to the team. 
Uh, but I have Kessler down for 50 to 60. Uh, I know he had only had 43 last year, but I think coming into a new environment and playing with some some better players in a better situation than he was in Vancouver, he could reach 50 or 60. I don't see him getting much more than that. You know, he in his 270 point seasons, he was playing on the wing of of the Sedin, so I don't see him getting you know as far as 70. Uh, Cogliano, uh, maybe a similar season to last year. He had 42 points last year. I had uh, around 42, possibly 55, depending on how well that Kessler, uh, on a, he does on a line with Kessler. Uh, and for Silverberg, um, I had 35 to 45. I, I feel he could do better. Um, it all depends. And, and obviously it all depends if all these guys can stay healthy throughout the whole season. But uh, I think if Silverberg can work on his uh, shooting accuracy, he can he can get higher than 45. But I, most of his points will come from goals. Um, but you know he could he could have a better season than that. But I have thirty five to forty five. Yeah, I think you hit on that too because you know Silverberg came out of the gates last year on fire uh, in the beginning, and then of course he had that injury against his former team, which slowed him down. So he you know last year he ended up with uh, ten goals and, and thirteen assists, but not playing a full season. Um, so on this line, I could see Kessler getting more assists and Silverberg and Cogs getting more goals possibly, um, as you mentioned, if they all stay healthy. Um, so for Silverberg, I could see him punching up, uh, you know, at least 35 points, um, you know, or even doubling his numbers and getting into the 40s. Um, like we said, too, chemistry on this line is going to be interesting to see um, with the speed on this team, uh, these three, and their passing and shooting ability. Uh, going with Kessler, I mean, it's it's going to be kind of up in the air. Uh, like we said, new team, new system, new line mates. Um I agree with you. I don't think he's going to get 70 or 80 points when he was playing with the Sedins, but he could definitely get in the 50s or the 60s. The only um, other question, I think you and I talked about this, and we, we kind of disagreed, was um, in the power play situation. Uh, you know, if Kessler plays on the first line with Perry and Getzloff and whoever else they pan out, or if he plays on the second line, depending on what Boudreaux does, I think Eddie uh, Kessler, you know, you could see an extra bump in his numbers. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it, that's the same goes for whoever's going to play on the wing on, on that power player or play on the point. Uh, when we get to it later, with guys like Vaughn and Lindholm and Fowler, their numbers could spike if they play on the point in a power play. But yeah, if uh, if Kessler can, if he gets on that first line, you could see a jump. If it, or even on the second line, uh, if they work uh, even, you know, one minute per power play, uh, you could see everybody's numbers jump if they have a better power play than they did last season. Yeah, I agree. And I think, uh, you know, like you mentioned in the wing, too, like uh, Cogliano, you know, he got his 21 goals last year. I mean, it's not out of the, the possibility that he gets 25 or maybe even tries to push for 30 if, uh, you know, Kessler ends up um, giving more assists to those two on that line. So I'm excited to see how this line's going to pan out along with the first line uh, coming up this season uh, in terms of point-wise. Obviously, these are going to be the one-two punch that you and I talked about um, going from, again, the Boudreaux interview. And uh, I think that this is going to be the key to the Ducks' season next year is, is not only scoring on these two lines, but uh, puck possession, uh, winning the face-offs. Uh, you know, I, I, I also like Silverberg, uh, Cogs, and Kessler as uh, back-checking Eddie because I think that they're going to be able to um, shut down some teams too. Yeah, and, uh, you know, moving on from, from that, we've got our kind of makeshift Third and fourth lines, because you know we don't really know exactly how they're gonna line up. But our next guys in, we've we've got Palmieri, uh, Maroon, and and Thompson. Uh, we've got Palmieri, 
as the the beneficiary of, of more points on that line. Um, we ha- I have him down from from thirty to forty five. Um, it, you know, because Bujo's gonna roll lines, they're gonna get you know, a decent amount of time. So I think if anybody's gonna get more points on on that line, it's gonna be him. Um, and then we've got Maroon on the other wing. Um, I think he he was a beneficiary of playing on the first line last year. Uh, he got. I'm not saying he's a bad player, and he won't get. He could. He can't reach you know 30 points like he did last year in 62 games, but. Um, with most of his time being on, on possibly on, on that third line, if Heatley does well on the first line, then I, I have him uh, 25 to 35. Uh, if he gets moved up, you know, maybe second line, first line, if Heatley's not doing so well, then his numbers could increase. He could, you know, maybe 35, 40 if he, if he gets close to the same production he had last year. Um, and as for Thompson, if, if he's going to be centering this, him or Raquel, um, I have him 15 to 25, depending on how well that line does. He's not known for scoring points, you know. He he's always around the 15, 20 mark, maybe 25, uh, if he if he gets a, a boost from the, his line mates. But yeah, I don't see him reaching anything higher than that. Yeah, I don't disagree with you either. I mean, at Tampa Bay last year, he had nine goals and seven assists, and uh, I think the fans, you know, have to kind of temper their expectations with him and expect to have some kind of similar numbers being a third line center. I, I don't see him. You know, maybe he gets twenty twenty five. You know, I, but I don't really see him getting that much more than that. Um, Maroon, like you said, I, I kind of go back and forth on Maroon. Obviously, I like his play. You know, he got the new contract. Uh, he's definitely a fan favorite. A lot of people hit me up uh, about how much they they like him, and I think, like you said, it's really gonna come down to the first line with Heatley if he stays on that line or not. I think if Maroon stays a majority on the third line, that you're right on the head with the point prediction. You know, he's probably going to be in the 30-point uh, range, maybe close to 40. But if he ends up, for some reason, going to the first line because Heatley does poorly, then, you know, Maroon could push 40, 50 points. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, so for him, I've kind of – it just depends on where he, he falls in. And then with uh, Palmieri, uh, last year he had 14 goals and 17 assists. I see him doing a little bit better this year. Uh, but again, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a huge jump. But, uh, I, you know, he had 31 points, and I, I think he can get 40. Um, but uh, it's not going to be a, that much of a huger jump, uh, again, unless he for some reason gets bumped up to one of the um, other top lines. Uh, and then also we've got kind of our the, the rest of the players on the team, the last line, which, again, as you mentioned, Eddie's going to kind of go back and forth depending on how the third line pans out and even uh, the first line. But some of the remaining players that we've seen on the fourth line, uh, Devontae Smithelli, Raquel, Edom, and Bolesky, we've all seen on here. And uh, what do you think about um, any of these line combinations and how they'll do, Eddie? Yeah, well, somebody somebody's going to get left out, um, obviously, on this line because there, there's one extra left out player here. But I'm just going to go and say uh, as if these guys all played, you know, 82 games, no injuries, no benching, no scratch, anything like that. Uh, I had Bolesky, you know, 20 to 30, because um, you know, this isn't really a fourth line. Uh, he'll they they usually play third and fourth line will play around the same minutes anyway, so he could get 20, 30, you know maybe as low as fifteen if they play less minutes. Um, Edom, um, this is a tough one, you know. Um, I had him twenty five to thirty. Uh, he had a great shooting percentage last year. Maybe if he, if he shoots the puck more, he could reach higher than that. He could thirty five, uh, forty is maybe pushing it, uh, especially on a third line, unless he gets bumped up higher, but. 
Yeah, uh, I, 25-30 I think is safe for him, and I have the same for, for DSP if he plays most of his time on on the third line. Uh, he might be one of those options to go up to the first line if if uh, Healy's playing bad. Um, and then Raquel, I had 15-25. to 25. Uh, He kind of struggled last year in the season with only four points in, in 18 games. But uh, it's you know if he more time in the NHL he might get uh, used to it. Fifteen twenty five I think is safe. Uh, higher probably not from a you know a nine minute average per game or something like that. So I think fifteen twenty five is safe for him. Yeah, I don't disagree with you either. I think uh, Raquel you know is probably get around in that range. I mean he played eighteen games. He had four assists. I mean he did get his first goal in the playoffs. So I, I think we will see him score some more. But again, just like Nate Thompson at the third line, I think, you know, a lot of people like Raquel. He's another uh, fan favorite too. But I think you got to temper expectations with him as well. I think he's going to play more games. I think he's going to get more points. But I, I think fans have got to realize he's not going to he's not going to bust out. Uh, I don't think this season. Um, I think part of the issue with determining these players too, like you said, Eddie, is you know Boudreaux rolls the third and fourth lines almost the same ice time. But he also mixes them up. Uh, we've seen so many combinations on this line. It's really hard to determine who's going to do what. Um, I think Devontae Smith-Pelly is one I would look to um, see play more games. He only played 19 games last year and had 10 points. I, I, I'd see him getting, even on the fourth line, I could see him getting close to 30 points. Um, you know, he, uh, I mentioned this before. He took off in the playoffs and he played on the first line. So, And we've mentioned this in some of the articles, too, that some of these things can change based upon, you know, Heatley. Heatley is really the big determining factor in a lot of this because if he falls down, then we're going to go back to last season. Who are we putting with the Twins? So, you know, Maroon's one guy I liked up there, but DSP's another guy I liked up there. And if he ends up going up there, then he could have a much, much better season. Uh, Edom. Last year, 11 points. He played 29 games. You know, as you mentioned, the shooting percentage was pretty well. I, I think uh, even with him playing third, fourth line minutes, I think, um, you know, you could see 15 to 20 points out of him at least. Um, and then Bolesky. Bolesky's also another one that's kind of like DSP. You know, he also played on the first line a little bit last year. In the playoffs, he had a couple goals. Um, you know, he had 24 points last year. Um and, you know, a little over half of the season. So I, I think if he stays healthy, he could definitely get 30-plus, uh, regardless what line um, he plays on. But um, it'll be interesting to see. Is, is there any of these prospects, Eddie, uh, in the bottom, you know, DSP, Raquel Edom, or anybody else that um, you're kind of pulling for more to uh, be on this team? That was kind of a question we got from one of our fans. Uh, who, who would you like to see on the team more this year? Well, I think uh, Edom and DSP are going to get more of their time. I think uh, we have something that we haven't had in a while, and that's obviously two top lines. Um, so the points are going to be a kind of different spread. I know he likes to roll off, you know, four lines kind of not really evenly, but, you know, he likes to roll them out at a decent pace. But uh, it's going to be the top two lines who get most of the points. Uh, last year it was kind of the – it was, you know, Getzlaff, Perry, and then everybody kind of was just – spread out and point wise but we might see you know kessler cogliano silverberg have increases and then everybody else after that level out um like we saw last year so um but yeah you know i'd like to see them uh, raquel dsp have good seasons um you know maybe if uh if cordillis or, or william carlson or you know somebody gets a call up uh 
for you know 18 games like Raquel had last year because of injury. I like to see them have a, a nice short stint uh, with the Ducks. Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see uh, how it pans out. Uh, you know, at the AHL as well, which we also talked about that uh, a couple podcasts ago. Um, so we'll uh, keep everybody updated on how the players are going to do, not only at the Ducks, but we'll keep you up to date on how they're going to do at uh, Norfolk as well. And we may b- bring back our guest, Danny, we had last time, who basically keeps her eye on all of that since she basically lives really close to the stadium there. Um, now shifting to the defense, Eddie, looking at the pairings here, you know, the top pairing of um, Fowler and Lovejoy, how do you think that they'll pan out next year in terms of uh, goals and points? Uh, for Fowler, I think uh, he'll have a better season. He didn't have a bad one last year, 36 points to 70 games for a defenseman isn't bad at all. But I think if the Ducks can get their power play going, he's going to be a big part of that. And uh, if you know if everybody has increased points on the top lines, like we said, he's going to be one of the top pairings, so he'll be out there for that. Pick up a couple extra assists, maybe a couple extra goals. I have him 40 to 50. I think that's uh, and and that's not a bad place to have him. You know, a little bit of increase from last year, possibly a bigger one if he if he can contribute more. And uh, for Lovejoy, I have him 15 to 25. Uh, you know, he had a, a pretty good season for him last year, 18 points in 78 games. Um, he's not going to score a lot of goals. Most of them, the points he ever picks up are going to be you know second assist or something like that. But uh, I have him uh, 15 to 25. I think that's pretty safe. Uh, I think. More so, he could he could probably reach you know around the 18 mark again last year, possibly 20 or or max 25. Yeah, I agree with you on the numbers too. I I think with Fowler, I'd like to see him get a little bit more goals, but uh, I think he'll have a similar type season. I think he may improve on the um, assists, especially if he's uh, out there on the first and second power play units as well, going that route, um, adding Kessler and Heatley into those units. However, they're, you know, we've debated, but we don't know for sure. But however, those two um, pan out in the uh, first and second power play units, uh, Fowler could get um, some more uh, goals and assists out of that. Um, Lovejoy, you know, being his style of play, I think it's going to be a similar type season for him. 18 points. Um, he could get 20, 25. Um, but I think he's going to just, you know, be right where he was at and just be a good, solid defenseman like we've had him for the past season. Um, for some of the other guys, um, some of the younger guys, we have uh, Votnin coming up. He had uh, six goals and 15 assists in the last 48 games. Uh, you see him taking a big jump, uh, Eddie? Yeah, uh, 21 points in 48 games is, is pretty good. Um, on pace for about 35-40. Um, I have him, you know, I said 25-40. to 40. Um, It depends on how well he does on the power play. And, you know, even if he doesn't do too well on the power play, I still have, I still think he can, he can at least reach 30 this year, possibly 40, maybe more depending on how, how big of a role he has. And especially on the, I think the power play is going to be a huge deciding factor in that for sure. Yeah. I think Botnan is definitely one for us to keep our eyes on as far as jumping, you know, 21 points in half a season. I, you know, I think he can definitely get 40 points, um, especially with his offensive mindset. Um, and another young uh, guy in our defense, uh, Lindholm, you know, he had six goals and 24 assists last year. Lindholm, I, I'm, I'm thinking out of this group, for me personally, is the one that is probably going to jump the most because I, I could really see him coming out and getting 40 plus, maybe even 50 points, Eddie. Yeah, and, and, and these guys are going to be their uh, – well, Lindholm is going to be his sophomore season uh, after coming off a good rookie season for, for points for a defenseman. 
Um, I think him and Vodnin are going to have more ice time. Uh, you know, Fowler, Boschman, they're going to take up the big chunks of ice time. You know, they're going to be Lovejoy and Stoner are going to take lower. Vodnin maybe a little bit lower. But I think Lindholm's going to get a big chunk of ice time this year. So I, I, I would, I, I see him 40 plus. I think the ceiling um, is as high as he as he goes with it. Um, 40 plus, I think is is safe to say for Lindholm. 30 last year was really good, and, and increased ice time could only see his point total go up, and and you know playing on the power play as well. I, I can agree more. And um, turning to some of the other defensive men, we've got uh, Francois Beauchemin. Last year he had four goals and 13 assists. I, I don't see Francois. I mean, I love him to death, but I don't see him uh, really doing too much more in the points. May, maybe he gets uh, 20 or 25. Um, I, I mean, uh, obviously I'm glad he's on the team. He's going to play solid defense. But uh, as far as offensive goes, Eddie, I, I don't see uh, Francois doing uh, too much different this year. Yeah, uh, 70 games played, 17 points last year. Uh, you know, 15 if he has a, a you know a slump season. 25 if he if he plays a the whole 82 game season and, and has a pretty decent season. I think a safe bet is is 20, um, or anywhere around there, give or take two points on each side. So I think yeah, that's a pretty safe save for him. And what do you think about the newcomer uh, Stoner? He had five points in 63 games with Minnesota last year. How do you think he uh, will do on the Ducks this year? Yeah, it'll be pretty much the same. Um, he might benefit from if you know from a, a team that scores more often. Uh, Ten, I, fifteen is like really really stretching it. So I think five ten uh, is around what he'll reach uh, if he plays a full season. Yeah, because I think you know his role too, and we talked about the spore uh, more in the past. Is that uh, you know Boudreaux wants him on there more for his defense, anyways, and to shut down the other team, anyways, Eddie. Yeah, exactly, and and it's gonna be the same for for the kind of role players we have this year in Fishrick and Allen. Um, we already know that they're gonna get limited time. Um, you know, come on for injuries, uh, if a guy needs a rest, something like that. So you know, Fishrick and Allen around five points and maybe. 50, 60 games played at max. They, they might not even play him that much. They'll be a seventh defenseman, and one's an eighth. So something for 20 games played might be a max for some of them. So I think you know uh, around five and maybe a little bit more, a little bit less. But I don't see anything substantial coming from them. Well, you know, and the other thing too, Eddie. There's been articles out there too. You know, with some trade rumors. You know, some people have talked about okay, Stoner's coming in and replacing Allen. So Allen may get traded later. You know, um, Fistrick's been uh, mentioned a couple times by a few people as well. So I, th- I think with those two, we might have to even kind of put them on our trade radar. You know what I mean? For this, uh, at least the opening part of the season. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they might not even end up playing one game this year. So that's why we kind of have them on the outside, a safe bet for five points um, if they play a decent amount of games. But yeah, I, I, any one of them could be traded. But, you know, we've seen a lot of articles come out about Allen's with his future. So he's the one who's most likely to go. Now, uh, we had one question from uh, Jimmy in L.A. He, he wonders which player or players, I guess, we could, we could do for us uh, on the Ducks will dominate this upcoming season. So I, I would say, who do you think uh, on the offense and who do you think on the defense, if you had to pick, you know, one or two or three or four, whatever, that you think would, uh, you know, that the fans should keep their eyes on for breaking out this year? Yeah, well, besides the obvious and, and Getzoff and, and Perry, I think for, for breaking out, um, I think Silverberg could have a really good season. You know, he plays a full season healthy. Um, I think that you know this will be his season to step up and and do really well. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how well he does. 
I think uh, also Maroon, uh, this could be a good season for him if he, you know, even if he only plays on the third line, to to show that he can he can consistently put up 25, 30 points. Um, and also Edom and DSP with full seasons in the NHL, it'll be nice to see them step up and get a full season under their belts as well. And um, on defense, um, I think the big guy is uh, is Lindholm. We got to see if he if he can you know step up and and start to move towards being an elite uh, offensive defenseman. And uh, you know, push upwards of forty points. Yeah, but all those names that you mentioned are pretty much the same ones as mine. I think uh, the only other one I might throw in there is uh, Cogliano on the second line with Kessler. I really want to see, you know, how those uh, guys play since they skate so well and they're offensive-minded. You know, with Andrew having his best year last year, and Kessler in a new system. So those that that second line, as you mentioned, Silver Rook two is probably for me the biggest. For the fans to keep their eyes on again, you know this is you know comes with that caveat of if that line stays together for however long because we know Boudreaux likes to you know switch things up and whatnot. But if he goes with that line and they play well, I'm really excited to see that line. And the reason why uh, you and I have talked about this is the Ducks didn't really have a second punch last year, like you said, in the points and the scoring. It was Perry and Getzloff, and then it was just kind of everybody else. So I'm, I mean, and I don't want to put too much pressure on this line, but I'm just, I, I have high expectations for them to uh, do well and, and be a fun line to watch. Um, and for the young guys uh, on the offense too, like you said, Maroon, um, I'm excited that he got his contract extension. And I look for him to have a really good season this year. Um, and then of course the uh, the uh, Norfolk line, if that's the line that goes together on the fourth line, DSP Raquel Edom, look for them having fuller seasons to do uh, more expanded roles uh, this coming year. Um, and then turn to the defense. Uh, I, I really uh, think people should keep their eye on Fowler. Um, I'm hoping Fowler to get, you know, 45, 50 points, um, start to take over a little bit more this year. And uh, like you said, uh, Lindholm coming up, um, definitely uh, going to have a, a huge impact on the Ducks uh, defense and offense. And it's just going to be fun to watch this team in general, Eddie, uh, next season. Um, I, I just think that uh, the sky's the limit uh, going into the season. And I just um, think that we can come out, like we mentioned on the last podcast, I think we can definitely come out in number one in the uh, Western um, Conference and in the uh, Pacific Division. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's a great segue there. Moving into, uh, we've kind of got our, our playoff predictions this week based off our, our season predictions from last week. And uh, we've got all our first-round matchups for, for each conference set up. Uh, we'll start off with the uh, the Eastern Conference. Uh, our first-round matchup um, is uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, we had them ranked first in the East versus the uh, last wild card in uh, Detroit. How do you think uh, that uh, series is going to play out? You know, on that one, we, we kind of discussed that one. I'm leaning towards Tampa Bay. I think uh, Stamkos comes back next year, plays well like he has before on fire. Um, I think that uh, that team will just take out Detroit. I mean, Detroit is a team that's always dangerous. I think they'll give Tampa Bay, uh, you know, some trouble early on. Um, you can't count out, you know, Datsuk, you know, coming out there. I mean, he did it to us um, a while back. So, I mean, Detroit could push maybe for um, a seventh game, but I think Tampa takes them out in six. Yeah, I, I, I had that down there too. You know, I, I had six. Seven, possibly, you know, if Detroit falls apart, maybe less. But uh, for Tampa, it's all about Stamkos and Ben Bishop and, and how well their defense can perform. They've added a lot of new guys. 
Uh, but we'll have to see. I think Ben Bishop, well, if them having him actually healthy in the playoffs this year is going to be a big difference for them. And um, Detroit's going to have to have the young guys step up, which is going to be hard with, uh, even though they have Datsuk and, and Zetterberg back, I think they can put up a fight, but uh, beating Tampa Bay is going to be a d- difficult task for them. Yeah, definitely. You know, and then the uh, the other matchup that we have next opposite of that is we've got Boston and Montreal playing each other. They'll end up, uh, we have them finishing as the second and third seeds in that division. How do you think, uh, I know we talked about this, and this was kind of a tough one. We went back and forth. What do you think about Boston and Montreal who would win that one? Yeah, you know, I've always, I've always favored Montreal over Boston. I think they're one of the teams that can really put up a fight and, and we saw that last year and, and beat Boston. But I think losing, you know, Josh Georges, who is a great leader and, you know, a great def- uh, defensive presence with uh, P.K. Subban back there and losing their captain and Brian Gianta, losing some scoring and, and Thomas Vanek, which wasn't present much of the season, but he came, you know, second half and in the playoffs and he was uh, definitely, you know, a good player for them in the playoffs. Uh, Carey Price is obviously going to be key for them. Um, and then you'll go over to the Boston Bruins. Losing Jerome McGinley is going to hurt 60 points in the season, a decent playoffs. Uh, but I, I've got Boston in seven. I just think the losses that Montreal have suffered, uh, they haven't really brought in much to remedy those. And I think uh, someone will step up for Jerome McGinley in, in Boston. And I, I have it in seven. It could go either way, but I, I think Boston will come out the victors in this one. Yeah, I think it is a tough one, Eddie. I mean, I, I lean a little bit more towards Montreal, but I definitely see it going seven. I mean, it. it I think Price is one that could steal, you know, uh, that series. But it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, like you said, some of the losses for Montreal for them to try to overcome, it might just be too much. You know, Boston's a proven playoff team. Um, so I lean, give them the final uh, edge just because of the experience and uh, just their overall solid defense. Going to the next uh, division over, We've got Pittsburgh and Washington, and then we've got New York and uh, Columbus. So with Pittsburgh and Washington meeting in the first round, how do you think that series will pan out, Eddie? Uh, well, it's, it's nice to see, you know, the Crosby or OV uh, rivalry, you know. They're, they're two competitive teams. If they built up a rivalry in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, so it, I th- but, you know, it's, you gotta, you got to look at the teams. You compare them. Obviously, there's the issue with Marc-Andre Fleury in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Washington's got their own goalie issues, and, and if Braden Holby can be the guy they need him to be, uh, the, the two stars of the show are going to be Crosby and Ovechkin. But I think uh, I think Pittsburgh's got too much. Uh, Washington's a better team this year, and you know that's why we've we've got them in the playoffs. I just think Pittsburgh has too much, and I I don't think Braden Holby is gonna is gonna be the guy that's gonna be able to win them a series. So I've I've got Pittsburgh in six, but. It could go seven. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, I think uh, Pittsburgh's the one that uh, will edge it out. You know, uh, with uh, Washington coming up and improving, I think they'll do better. I think they'll definitely win some games. But um, I just don't see them overcoming Pittsburgh uh, in the long haul in that series. I I think Flurry, even with his ups and downs, I think he'll still be able to uh, punch out uh, enough wins in that series to, to move on to the next round. And we've also got the defending Stanley Cup, um, well, almost defending Stanley Cup champs, but the um, Eastern Conference champs, uh, New York Rangers playing Columbus. How do you think they're going to do after losing last year in the finals? Yeah, well, I ha- I'm putting them second in the Metropolitan again uh, and and having them in, 
in a good position. You know, I think last year people were a little bit surprised seeing them go to the the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, uh, their their play kind of banks on uh, Rick Nash and Marty St. Louis having uh, good offensive seasons and and bringing that into the playoffs. Um, I really think Marty St. Louis might be able to revive Rick Nash, and um, sticking to that, I think the Rangers will be able to you know push past Columbus in, in you know, six games, five if Columbus is having you know struggling, but. Um, yeah, you know, Lundqvist is obviously one of the best goalies in the league. Their defense is, is pretty sound. They brought in a leader in Dan Boyle. Their forwards um, with Rick Nash and Marty St. Louis uh, firing on all cylinders, Derek Stepan, uh, Kreider in another season in the NHL. I think they'll just be too much for, for Columbus. And, and Columbus, if they want to win this the, the series, uh, they'd have to rely heavily on Sergei Bobrovsky. But, uh, you know, New, New York would be the favorites in this one. Definitely. New York's just way too deep of a team. I mean, Columbus gave Pittsburgh some trouble last season in the playoffs, so I think they can definitely win a few games. But like you said, there, there's just not enough weapons on that team to really, I think, win four games in a, in a seven-game series against New York. Um, looking at the West, we have in the Pacific, it's basically the same as uh, last year. We have the Ducks playing Dallas again. And we have San Jose and the Kings uh, meeting again in the first round matchup. What do you think about uh, these two um, rematchups, if you will, for this season? Yeah, we had uh, Dallas as our, our last wild card, so they they come over as the lone central team in in this Pacific team matchup. But uh, Dallas has obviously gotten better. Um, obviously, we've gotten better as well. Uh, it, I think it's going to be another another tough series. You're going to obviously have to watch out for Sagan. Um, uh, ben and then Spezza on uh, Dallas's side, and then Getzlaff, Perry, Kessler on, on Anaheim's side. But uh, you know, if for Anaheim, it'll come down to uh, if Anderson and Gibson can be the guys that can lead them past the first round playoffs. And, and Lettinen's gonna obviously have to be good for Dallas. But I've got uh, Anaheim pushing past Dallas in six games. It, it could go seven um, if Dallas can win their, their games at home, but. Uh, I think it. I think Anaheim is just too good of a team to to lose in the first round of Dallas. Yeah, and I think we learned too last year because remember playing Dallas was such a physical, demanding series. I think uh, adding people like Stoner on the team, you know Kessler on the offense. I think we're going to be better in the faceoff circle. We're going to be uh, more of a grittier team on the defense. So I think that we're going to be able to take down Dallas. I think the key, like you mentioned, is on the road. How are we going to play in Dallas? Um, because Lettinen was was very very good at home for Dallas. I mean he had he had a little bit of a meltdown in that that sixth game, but he's a very very good goaltender. So pushing seven wouldn't be unrealistic. Um, but like you said, I think the Ducks do take him down in um, six most likely. Um, then our another rematch that we talked about too, and this one's kind of an interesting one: San Jose and the Kings. We all know what happened last year. San Jose jumped out to a three nothing lead. Pretty much the whole world thought the Kings were out of it, and the Kings come back and win four games and beat San Jose in seven. Uh, these two teams have played, you know, several times uh, in the playoffs over the last four or five years. What do you think? Um, you think LA, being the defending champs, comes out and stomps San Jose, or do you think San Jose finally gets their stuff together and pulls out a, a, a series win? Yeah, that's the real question, isn't it? If, if San Jose can get their stuff together, because uh, with Dan Boyle uh, leaving, they've they've lost a, a main you know kind of a leader in the dressing room. 
Um, they're obviously having leadership problems with uh, the stripping of the captains and alternate captains going into the season. Um, the, it's no secret that Joe Thornton hasn't been exactly happy with how the situation has been going in San Jose. So I, I just, uh, if this, if their leadership problems, uh, you know, affect them during the season and, and they carry that into a playoffs, even, you know, even making the playoffs, uh, I think they have a good enough team to make the playoffs. But uh, if their leadership problems can follow them all the way through the season into the playoffs, uh, LA might have a an easier round than they did last year, and you know five or or six games at max might might not be a, a surprise. Yeah, I agree with you, Eddie. I mean, unless San Jose gets their their organization figured out, I, I think that team is just they're in such disarray right now as far as who's running the team, who the captains are going to be, who the alternate captains are going to be. I mean, unless they get this stuff figured out in this, you know, September month of preseason and the beginning of the season, I don't, I don't see them. I see them, you know, making the playoffs and having a decent season, but I don't see them getting past LA. Um, also the other uh, teams we've got coming out of central, we've got to Chicago against Minnesota and we've got to St. Louis and Colorado um Chicago this is a rematch they played Minnesota last year um I I think uh offered and and Kane and just all their weapons I think they take down Minnesota but you know Minnesota's improved getting Vanek um it's going to be interesting I think this is going to be another hard-fought series I mean it was a hard-fought series this last year Eddie I I, I think Chicago wins but it's not going to be easy yeah it's a rematch of second round last year Chicago won in six last time uh Minnesota's gotten better Chicago hasn't done much they've added Brad Richards which, which could help them and he's won every he's won the cup before adds another you know veteran leader who's who's won it all not like their team's really lacking that most of their team has won the cup already so um, but adding a guy like that is good. Uh, Vanek is going to help them out. Uh, he's going to replace Molson in Minnesota. But I think Chicago is just too good of a team, too proven of a team, even though Minnesota uh, you know, squeaked past Colorado last year. Uh, I think they'll make it tough. They'll fight, but Chicago will go through six or seven. And for the other matchup, what do you think uh, St. Louis and Colorado now that uh, Stoshny is now in St. Louis, he'd be playing his uh, old team there. What do you think? You think uh, St. Louis can take out Colorado or Colorado prevails? Well, looking at if you look at the teams and you, you exclude who's who's in goal, St. Louis has the better team. But, um, you know, they could steal this series. But I have Colorado, you know, five or six just because – and this is my personal opinion. I, I don't trust St. Louis's goaltending at all. I, that's why I have them lower in the Western fin- Western Conference finishing uh, the, this year or this year coming up for the our season preview. I just don't think Elliott is a number is good enough to be a number one. Uh, I don't think J- Jake Allen is ready or he's going to be able to, to shoulder, you know, 40 games in a season and come to the playoffs and 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 you know fight through this tough situation. So I, I, the Avs could take advantage of this. Um, all it takes is, is one of their goalies, though, to have a, a really good season or step up in the playoffs um, for them to win it. But uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen. So I have the Avalanche in five or six. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think the only way that St. Louis can get past Colorado or any other division uh, opponent in the first round is it's that goalie situation. Elliot's going to either have to turn it up and step it up or they're just gonna have they're gonna have to figure out something because um, you know like you said the goalie situation is is very fragile I think right now in St. Louis. Um, 
Moving back over to the east, going to this, the second round now, uh, based upon the first round, we would have uh, Tampa against Boston and then uh, Pittsburgh against New York. What do you think about these uh, two matchups for the second round in the east, Eddie? Yeah, Tampa and Boston will be a, a good matchup, and it would be a exciting series to watch. Uh, Boston coming in after beating Montreal, Tampa coming in after beating Detroit, Tampa having a bit of an easier time. I feel like that Boston-Montreal series would be a, really, a real physical series. Um, if Ben Bishop can uh, lead, a, you know, play a, play a really good series, he's got to play well in Boston and at home. Uh, I think Tampa can come out, you know, winning six or seven. Obviously, Boston's a proven team. Tampa hasn't been there in a while, especially these guys. A lot of, most of their team hasn't been there before. But they've added a couple guys. Anton Strawman was with uh, the Rangers when they made it last year. Uh, you know, they've added a lot of. Uh, Decent players on their team to to bolster their chances. Jonathan Duran's going to have to play, you know, kind of a McKinnon type playoffs for them, um, as well as season. And, and Stamkos is going to be that key guy. Uh, I think Tampa will be able to push past Boston in six or seven. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think uh, it's going to be a fun series. I think it's going to go, uh, you know, far six seven games. Uh, and I think the story will be in the net on this one with uh, Bishop and Rask, you know, trying to uh, fight it out because um, Boston has more playoff experience. So I'm not going to say that they would just straight up lose this series, but um, it's going to be close. Uh, I think if Tampa's healthy, and like you said, the, their experience isn't as much, but with Stamkos and some of the additions, uh, they may be able to push through past Boston uh, to the Eastern Conference uh, Finals. The other uh, team we also have in the East um, in the second round is uh, Pittsburgh and New York. Um, the defending Eastern Conference champs uh, would face Pittsburgh. What do you think? Yeah, uh, with Pittsburgh, you know that they've obviously got the the best player in the league. They've got Malkin, who's a great player as well. He's in he's in the top ten players in the league. Um, and the Rangers, it, it, this is a tough series, and and I've gone with the Rangers. Just because, like I've already said, I think St. Louis and Nash are going to be on point this season. And I just think the the loss of James Neal, you know, although they've added some good players in, in Hornquist and, and Steve Downey and, you know, that's Nick Spalling, and they've added some depth, but losing a guy, you know, a scorer like James Neal is, is going to be hard. Yushi Okunu had a great season for them. Somebody's going to have to, to step up for this team, and I don't know who it is looking at it. And, you know, Brooks Orpik and Niskanen, Although the All Stars are had great, you know, have had great careers at Pittsburgh, and and they've they've lost a lot of those guys who have, who've had experience, and a lot of young guys are going to have to step up on D for Pittsburgh, and that's where I think uh, the Rangers are going to take advantage because the the Rangers have most of the the same team they had last year, uh, who made it the Stanley Cup Finals coming back. So uh, and you know, with a couple additions, and and as we said with the St. Louis and Nash. Uh, on point, I think they're going to win in, in six, maybe seven if Pittsburgh can extend it, but it could be less. It, it all depends on uh, what kind of Pittsburgh uh, shows up and what kind of Marc-Andre Fleury shows up. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, uh, you know, Lundqvist, I think, got in their heads uh, last year. I mean, you know, remember the uh, water bottle incident with him and uh, Crosby, which a lot of us, uh, you know, cracked up over. I just think, I just think, uh, you know, Lundqvist is going to be too tough to to beat in a seven game series with Pittsburgh, and I think the uh, defense, you know, with Boyle and Girardi, Stahl, all the players that they have, I just don't see Pittsburgh. Um, I see them obviously winning some games, but I I just don't see them getting four wins in seven games against the Rangers. 
Um, moving back over to the West in the second round, we've got the matchup again, uh, Ducks and Kings, and, and then uh, Chicago and Colorado on the other side. Um, Ducks-Kings, you know, this would be the another intense uh, battle, Eddie, uh, if we ended up uh, indeed facing them again this coming season, in the postseason. Yeah, and I think it just, we, we, you know, we took it to them last year with the team we had. Um, LA's coming in with the exact same team, relatively the exact same team, you know, buying uh, Willie Mitchell and a couple others. Um, no new real additions. Uh, Tyler Toffoli's going to have another season. Uh, Tanner Pearson. But, um, you know, I think we've added enough where we've made up for some of the problems that we face, especially in the face-off dot uh, in, in our series against them. And I think we've gotten better to the point where we can take L.A., I still think it's going to be in seven. LA's obviously a good team, Stanley Cup champions, but I, I, I think we've done enough to uh, remedy our problems from that series where, where we can take it past uh, the second round this year. Yeah, I think part of the thing too, Eddie, was uh, you know some reports had come out later on about that seventh game. Uh, we just put an article up about that that Jeremy had written about too, is that the team came out nervous in that seventh game, which. You know, I, I don't want to say anything bad about the team, but I, I I think that they shouldn't have been. I mean, I think we had the Kings where we wanted them. Uh, obviously, that first game, last second goal killed us. Otherwise, I think the Ducks t- would have taken them out in five games or six games. So I, I don't think the Ducks should have been nervous. I mean, I get it because of the younger guys and the youth and all that. But um, I'm turning that into a positive because I think that the team has learned from that. And I think... Going forward, it is going to be tough. Like you said, they're the defending champs. They're not. They're nothing to uh, you know sneeze at. But I think we've learned from that. I hope we've learned from that. And I think that's going to be um, kind of one of those intangible things. Other than you know winning in the faceoffs, like you said, we 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 had those problems which we remedied. Um, we've added other players to um, fill in certain holes, like we've talked about. But I think that's kind of one of the intangibles that the Ducks are going to have to carry. Uh, it's just being confident yeah, if it does go seven games, regardless of that seventh game, uh, you know, it should be in Anaheim, but that's, we've got the Ducks as being number one in the, in the Western Conference. But if for some reason it's number seven uh, game in L.A. or here, they should be confident to win that game, Eddie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's it just comes down to looking at, you know, what we've, what like you said, what we've added, and, and we're bringing confidence into that series, and, it should be a, you know a better result. Hopefully for us, it'll be a better result than it was last year. Um, for our next series, we've got uh, Chicago versus the Abs. Uh, how do you think that series is going to pan out? You know, uh, like we've talked about before, Chicago's another one of those teams, um, just like the Kings and the Ducks. That's that's been up there, uh, been there a while. You know, um, obviously won the Stanley Cup. Uh, couple times um it's it's going to be um interesting to see against colorado coming out i think chicago will uh take them out in five or six eddie i think crawford's going to be uh too much for them i think kane and Taves are going to step up like they always step up and i i think chicago takes out colorado in five or six yeah i think um you know paul Statsy's loss might not be that big to the to the avalanche you know mckinnon will step in o'reilly will will play in the you know that third role but i i think the the suspect comes to to the the avs defense if they can do what they did last year and if arlamov can be as good as he was last year 
Um, I just think Chicago is too good and, and too much of a proven team uh, to to lose to the Avs. There, there is you know a slight chance of an upset, but I, I I think Chicago has what it takes to to move past the Avalanche and you know like you said five or six. All right, and then uh, going to our Eastern Conference final matchup based upon what we have, we have uh, Tampa Bay playing the uh, New York Rangers, and uh, this is going to be a tough one, Eddie. I think it goes seven games, but um, who would you give the edge to? Would you give it to Tampa, or do you think uh, New York gets back to the Stanley Cup Finals? Yeah, you know, I I've, I, li- I really like how Tampa's looking, um, how they built their team up, uh, the additions they've made. You know, I like the, the how the Rangers look, too. Um, and you know, going back to the point I said, I think uh, Nash and, and Saint Louis will be playing well, but I've actually got I've given the edge to to Tampa in, in seven. I just think their team is looking really well. Uh, you know, the the additions they've added, Stamkos healthy, Bishop healthy in the playoffs, Drewan coming into the team and playing well. I think Tampa just has what it takes to to make that push to the Stanley Cup Finals this year. Yeah, like you said, with the additions that they've had. And if you're going, you know, I think it's going to be a battle that's going to come down to the goaltenders again. You know, Lundqvist and Bishop is the way I look at it. I mean, it can go either way, um, but I think that's going to be the key. Um, Also, I think it's going to be more of Tampa Bay's offense versus New York's defense. Um, That's kind of what we saw with the the Kings and the Rangers in the finals, and, and it went more. I mean, the Kings have good defense too, don't get me wrong, but it went more to the Kings. So I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Tampa um, because of that. Because uh, for the Rangers, I like their chances going far and deep in the playoffs. But I just I don't think they have enough uh, offensive firepower, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. And even with Nash and, and saying that we playing well, you've got other guys who have to step up and step on. And, you know, you've got um, Kreider and all, all those other guys who've got to step up. And, and I think if Stamkos is firing on all, on all cylinders, it's, it's going to be hard for the Rangers' defense to, to stop him. It's really hard for anybody to stop him when he's firing on all cylinders. So, yeah, I, even even with Lundqvist and I, I think Tampa's got this. Then going back over to the West, um, we have a, a, an awesome matchup, uh, Anaheim against Chicago, which you know we've seen some great, great games against Chicago in the regular season. How would you think this series would pan out, um, uh, and how long, Eddie? Uh, well, it's definitely going to be another tight series. Uh, we got Anaheim pushing past LA, and there's no doubt that's going to be a physical series. Um, we've got Chicago kind of, you know, possibly breezing past the Avalanche, uh, so they might be well rested. But I, I think I've got Anaheim in seven, and that's not just because I'm, I'm a Ducks fan. I just think Anaheim has what it takes this year to 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 make that that step forward and, and push into the Stanley Cup Finals. It's not going to be easy, and there's no question that this could go either way in a Game 7 series, but um, I've got Anaheim going in seven games. Yeah, and I agree with you, Eddie. And, and again, it's not just because being a Ducks fan, but I think the biggest thing is going, again, I don't, I'm not going to try to harp on it too much, but going back to the LA series, I think the Ducks have learned from last year. Um, I think they've brought in people that have had experience, Kessler, Heatley, people that know what they've had to do in the past to play. And I, I see the team being a more mentally sound team. And I think especially if the Ducks play the Kings in the second round and get past them, don't don't get me wrong, it's going to be a tough against Chicago, but that's just going to be huge momentum for them going into the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and then from, on, from there on, we've got our, our final matchup. We've got 
Anaheim and Tampa Bay. Uh, how do you think this one plays out in the Stanley Cup final? You know, and we've talked about this, this um, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but uh, balance shift or whatever. It seems like the Western Conference with all the moves in the offseason has gotten much more stronger, especially with a lot of the centers from the Eastern Conference teams, you know, coming over to the West. Um, I, I think this series will come down to the center position, which is what we aimed at in the offseason, getting the, uh, Nate Thompson and uh, Kessler in there and then bringing most likely Raquel up for a majority of the season. So I think that's going to be the key. I, I think um, also the Ducks um, have a one-two punch. Tampa, I, I don't think they have as much of offense to compete. Um, I, I mean, I think they, they have a decent amount, but I just don't um, see them having enough balanced attack against the Ducks. I, I would think the Ducks would win this, but uh, it would probably be around six games, Eddie. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. Um, Tampa, um, their main ta- main part of their attack funnels with Steven Stamkos. Everybody knows that. And I'm not saying it's easy to shut down Steven Stamkos. There's no way it's easy to shut him down. But if you can manage to shut him down, you put, like let's say, the Getzlaff line or the Kessler line on Steven Stamkos, you roll out the the opposite line that you're using, and then you use that line against their weaker second line. And I think that will come down to the difference. If we can shut down Steven Samko's line and put out our other lines against their weaker lines and have like, better matchups, um, I think it's going to be a series that the Ducks can can win. It, you know, not maybe not maybe earlier than seven. You know, six games. I don't. I think five is, is stretching it because I think Tampa is a good enough team that you can't shut down Steven Stamkos for. For you know, multiple for every game you're gonna play in that series, but uh, I think they'll be able to do it enough where they can win it in six games. Yeah, I agree, Eddie. And you know, it's uh, I, like we've talked about before, the future's bright for the Ducks. Um, I think, like we said, a lot of the players are gonna improve in the point totals that we talked about earlier. I think we're gonna go deep and far in the playoffs, if not all the way. I I, I really believe we can go all the way this year. Um, so we're going to wrap, wrap up uh, this week's podcast. Hope you enjoyed all the player predictions and playoff predictions that uh, we provided for you. And uh, don't forget, we're still giving away two tickets to the home opener. Uh, and the word this week in the uh, contest is opener. Um, so listen for that uh, on the other podcast, too, for all the other words that are out there. Uh, we've gone up to four now. Next week will be the last word in the phrase. And uh, we'll give you more instructions after next week's podcast. Thanks for joining us. The Anaheim Ducks are the Stanley Cup champions!